Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Stand by lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Heyo! Welcome back, listeners, to another hey. episode of Pretend Worlds Real People. Hi, guys. How's everyone doing? It's snuggle weather. Woo! I know it actually, like, I don't, I won't say it snowed, but there was definitely like snowy, flurry stuff when I left the theater today. So, was it? There's um, like a five minute span of like just, I guess you, what do they call it? Not a flurry and not hail, but it's really, really icy rain that seemed like yeah. snow and it just stopped. Gotta love calling Um, <laughs> Well, that's okay. I mean, we're recording this on Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, I yeah. came home from work and baked some cookies. I was thinking how much I wish phones could send smell a vision <laughs> um, in texts because I would have texted Patrice because I made her favorite cookies. Uh, I made less softies. Um, and I'm excited to spend Thanksgiving by myself tomorrow. I'm making my own Thanksgiving dinner all oh, week. And then I'm going to have leftovers for as long as I want. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, I will say you could use your baked goods as security clearance for any type of like government facility, top level. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hi, sir. Can I get into there? This is the Pentagon, man. But I made cookies. Oh, okay, go ahead. Oscar, okay. just uh, wipe your feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of microchip shit in there for that. It doesn't matter. Just go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Thanksgiving. How, how how was your week, and what are you doing tomorrow? Um, I am so I'm going to my brother's house first. I have to make mashed potatoes in the morning. Uh, I was gonna peel the potatoes tonight, but I just have I had too much stuff to do, so I'll do it. You know, in the morning. Uh, so we're gonna go there, and then we're gonna go to Patrice's parents' house in the afternoon, and then hopefully come home at a a right time, so I can just sleep for like ten hours after eating. Uh, I'm still on my like crazy, not crazy, but like smaller portion diet. <laughs> so I'm I'm down like 10 pounds in a week and a half, which is great, but not what? a good time of year for that. <laughs> but also that's too many pounds in that short amount of time, Tyler. You're not eating enough and I'm, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> that's the Italian in you coming out. <laughs> I don't want you. Yes. But I also don't want you to pass out randomly because your blood sugar is like is, is in a severe deficit. I'm just going to be Dennis. That's very extreme. That's like a breakup lot weight loss. <laughs> it's okay. I feel better. because I go, Oh, I can do all these pull-ups now. <laughs> and you know, I'm a little dizzy at the end of it. That's fine. Um, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm still eating. I promise. Uh, okay. But I, yeah. So that's been the plan for this week. Other than that, it's just, you know, uh, service industry shiz that, you know, just isn't fun. And it's really awesome when you get a, a message from, you know, uh, 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 uh how do I explain this? Somebody who you're employed by who, you know, just has a question that shouldn't be asked when, you know, you weren't feeling sick for most of the weekend. So, uh, yeah, I just, 
a lot of stuff was stressing me out this week. So I'm glad that, you know, we not only had, um, you know, our last week's guest who is just somebody I, I adore and I love incredibly. And then we have this week's guest is somebody who I think he's just like, I think he's the next big thing. Like, I know he would hate for me to say that about him, but he has, <laughs> <laughs> he has this creativity and this just like this drive that he will definitely get into in this, this episode that kind of reminds me of, of people I knew in film school and college that just kind of gave up too early and made me wonder where they would be had they kept going much like he's going now. So uh, our guest today is uh, Calvin Shepard, who just released, I think it's his second feature, well, maybe not his second feature overall, but like second distributed, like super awesome paid on his own money feature called uh safe house 1618 that i got a chance to watch earlier this week and it's it's pretty fucking awesome uh <laughs> coming from an indie geek my like myself it's it's genre bending and it's it's definitely bloody and it has notes of past directors but it's not like it's you know how some people rip off directors he has that same like flair and that gift for it that they did. I want to see what he does next. So uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm a big fan of the guy. I'm really excited to see what he does. And without uh, further delay, let's talk to Calvin Shepard. Mr. Calvin Shepard, man. How are you doing today, dude? Good. How are you? <laughs> doing good. Doing good. I'm, good. I'm glad that we're, we're sitting down with you. Um, because I, Steph said she had work, so I wasn't sure if she'd be able to make it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know what you do. I've known what you've been doing for like two years, man. Um, Instagram <laughs> stalker. But <laughs> if you wouldn't mind telling the listeners here who you are and what you do. Um, I, well, my name is Calvin Shepard. I am a writer and director from Colorado. I uh, am very indie driven. I uh, do all my stuff myself. I, uh, by myself and with my team, of course. But uh, I, uh, I uh, make feature films for no money for <laughs> for about as much as we can get so and uh that's that's pretty much what i do <laughs> so, nice yeah how many times uh, if any have you read rebel without a crew <laughs> enough <laughs> a, a lot yeah that's one that, that's one that's on the shelf that comes back a lot but uh you know that's how you know that's how we do things we uh we run and gun we uh we uh you know but i i do have a crew i i have um um, I do believe in working with, um, you know, with, with, with people. Um, I have a cinematographer that I work with on every film. His name's Eli, and uh, I couldn't do any of it without him. So I'm, I'm lucky enough to have met people that uh, want to work on these things, you know, and understand the indie drive of it, because that's what it is. It's, it's a rush. It's a run and gun. It's, it's the way it is, you know. We filmed this uh, while I was working uh, 13 hours a day, six days a week at a sand and gravel mine, shoveling, doing all that stuff. And then I took Holy shit. the two weeks of PTO I was allowed to take in order to film the movie. So we filmed for 12 days straight and then I went right back to work. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very, very indie driven. So, <clears throat> yeah. Holy Is shit. that because you want to be doing indie work or just because like this is your stepping stone to kind of doing bigger <laughs> uh, better stuff it's a little bit of both you know yeah. uh 
you know, opportunities are with this one are actually starting to knock at the door to do something a little bit bigger, um, a little bit bigger, not much bigger, but a little bit bigger and not so much that I have to, you know, kill myself working, shoveling all day long in order to do so. But, uh, you know, it's a little bit of both because I like doing it this way. I like the creative freedom. I like being able to do, you know, pretty much whatever I want and to know, don't have to answer to you know because you know as soon as those offers start coming the first thing they say is you know we're gonna we're gonna be kind of keeping a close eye on this and this and that you know and that's the way it's gonna be you know once you start making bigger ones but I do enjoy being able to do pretty much whatever I want (laughs) so yeah that's it sand okay sand and gravel mine i didn't know this about you what, <laughs> yeah. what's what's the genesis of that man is that just like okay i'm gonna pay my my bills and then i have yeah. like 10 hours the rest of the day and night and not sleep and just work on my other stuff right and well and that's it i'm paying my bills um i uh i've i, I grew up in that type of manual labor all day long type of stuff that's the way my family's always been and so it kind of it's easy for me. It's easy for me to go off into different places when I'm doing that. It's easy for me to, 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 it's, it's mindless work. So it's easy to, to think about stuff all day long and think about new stories and things like that all day long. And, uh, so, um, that's part of it. Uh, and then, you know, movies are not cheap at all. So, um, I'm not there anymore. Um, I, I got out of that job, um, as soon as I finished this movie, but, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm still working 11 hours a day, only five days a week now, but, um, which is nice, but I'm doing it so that way I can put the bills up and, and as well pay for the movies and save up, save up. Cause I like to put, you know, is these are passion projects of mine. So I put my own my own money into you know so yeah Yeah. good on you man i I feel (laughs) like that's in in the the industry now where people are using you know like a lot of gofundmes and a lot of kickstarters for projects that don't have as nearly as much merit you know no one's really willing to put in their blood sweat and tears into things so that's like good on you dude that's fucking awesome well thank you yeah and you know it's not all that you know like i i needed something you know Mm -hmm. i i graduated college in 2019 worked an entire summer and and uh winter at a a movie theater which was like I was working on a movie at the time and uh working in a movie theater for me is you know one of the greatest places in the world like I got to see all the movies before they came out and I got to take home all the posters I miss being able to take home all the posters there's a couple that I wish I could grab right now but uh um but uh uh then uh of course 2020 hit and when 2020 hit, I lost that job. So, I mean, that was part of it too. You know, I lost that job and lost the movie I, I had been working on. And, and so, um, uh, that all that stuff kind of led me to, to working at this, at this sand and gravel mine, which was, you know, 4am mornings. And then sometimes, uh, they would send us over to the other mine to work night shifts. So we'd work from 11 in the morning to 11, 11 at night, midnight, a little bit later. And then, yeah so so yeah it was hard being a writer during that time because I didn't I had all the ideas but I couldn't type them out <laughs> so yeah oh my but. god you said that you you know your family is kind of um used to that kind of work and that's kind of mm-hmm. what you came from so what got your interest peaked in film and and 
I uh, I had a really really great uh, English teacher in high school. Um, her name was uh, Kathleen Kelly, and uh, I, um, in her classes, I would uh, they, she would give us like projects to write something and do like a skit and uh for that somehow or another i got allowed to make them into films and they were you know iphone iMovie bad 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 movies <laughs> but uh i absolutely loved it and i loved writing and i and i and i uh was uh i was doing uh, i was the editor of the school newspaper so I, I i paid a lot of attention to like all the important events and things like that 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 what that uh I realize now was also an, I didn't for the longest part of my filmmaking stuff I didn't realize how important that would be but uh, now I'm starting to figure out how that's kind of important especially with Safe House um, 1618 but I I uh, uh, did that and went off to college to do um, to do journalism and uh, I did really well I, I was uh, actually student athlete as well and uh, I did that for two years in Kansas and I, and I just really didn't like it. I was doing, I knew, I knew I wanted to make movies and I knew I wanted to do that type of stuff, but I was backup plan, backup plan, backup plan. And uh, I kind of just decided, you know what, enough of this backup plan stuff. So I moved back to Colorado, found a school that had just a film club. The film club in uh, at UNC had made three short films when I got there and they had been going for like five years so I don't even know how that was possible I, my first semester there we made four um which I was involved with all four of them and then after that they really took off now they're doing like six uh, ones a year and uh, I made a short film then second year just one that was a little bit longer that I made into you know I made that short film and then I made two other short films that I kind of put it in together and made like a feature out of that it was like a three act, three story feature that didn't, that wasn't good at all. And don't ever, I don't ever go back to it. You can't find it either. <laughs> um, <laughs> but after that, you figured out, oh, I can do this. So then I made a short film called Forgery, which had won best feature at this, uh, at the Denver Underground Film Festival. And so that was kind of, you know, we're up and going from there. So it was, it's been, you know, it's still, it's a lot of work and, you know, I still haven't, you know, I'm still only starting to get somewhere with it, but yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you're you're starting way ahead compared to most people. I mean, you're you're what probably 23, 24, 25. Yeah, I'm 25. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm I'm great at <laughs> math. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, dude, at, at at 25 to have accomplished what you've accomplished, and 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 it seems like you're you're so driven to just get it done, which yeah say is probably the hardest part about any project especially film yeah yeah well and yeah that's yeah that is the thing is like we just we got to get it done and 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 i uh you know i'm constantly told to slow down by other people and i don't know if you know like sometimes it, it it is good advice and sometimes it's you know it's not it's not it just depends you know it really you know i am told to slow down i mean i was told by a lot of UNC professors to not make short uh, to not make feature films to stick to the the, the short film area but my favorite part of this whole thing has always been screenwriting and not you know in short films you can screenwrite a short film obviously it's the same thing but like it's the structure of a film like the whole film that's what I under that's what I get that's what I love so much and um 
I, I struggled with writing a lot when I was uh, with a kid because I, I always wanted to write something. I always wanted to write something. And it wasn't until I found the structure and, and the rhythm that is a screenplay that I just like it just unlocked something in me. And I've written so many of them that I will never see the light of day. But um, it it really, you know, once because like to me, I can just get that part done. But if I get one done that I want to make, then it just becomes, yeah, let's let's get this done. We can we can make this happen. And especially if I write it for budget, like Safe House was written for, you know, budget, then we know we can do it and it's like yeah let's just do this thing so yeah <laughs> um do you want to talk a little bit about your safe house since that's the the one that came out most recently and yeah and is it a is it <laughs> the type of movie that you think you will be known for like is it your style um i mean it's yeah i mean it's a genre film it's uh and i and i i i uh that's kind of what i do is like i find a genre that i like and i i just i dive straight head, head first into it uh, i do a bunch of homework there's a place up in uh, uh fort collins called gorehounds playground and it's a it's a video rental store and like you know you can't find those anymore but this guy's got his name is jeff and he's got everything and i go in there and i say i need this this and this thing for because I have this idea and he'll give me like 20 titles and I'll rent them and and I'll go home and I'll I'll watch everything that I can and just study 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 and that's like one thing is like school has never ended you know like school once I was in in college and doing the film minor and studying school besides the screenwriting classes I mean really it's not the same as how I, I study. Cause once I find something, I become obsessed with that, that um, like right now. And so part of them for, and for part of safe house, it was Italian giallo films. And I am obsessed with Italian giallo films right now. And that's part of my obsession. So with safe house, um, I became obsessed with those with slasher films, with heist films and uh, with films that had allegories for um for like the Black Plague, like Mask of the Red Death and Seventh Seal, uh, because Safe House under all the surface level stuff is really just a story about 2020. It's, uh, you know, it's a story about three people who are trapped inside their ho a house, a safe house for 40 days until they can get out of the country. And if they leave the house, this personification of of, of death will find them no matter what if they leave the house no matter what he will find them and follow them home and kill their whole family so he was literally covid and um, so uh it, it 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 you know that's part of like how it's fun to just to just study something until i come up with something that's i don't know something completely different i don't know what like you asked like what i'm going to be known for but i definitely know that it's going to be a blending of genres as much as I can over and over again because I, I I really do like taking all these genres I like and tossing them in a blender and seeing what comes out <laughs> so, yeah so like when so, when you're writing it. like it's I guess you, you have all sorts of different types of screeners you have those who outline heavily and it takes them mm -hmm. months to write a script or you have those who outline it, it may take them half the amount of time or those who outline the basic points and then everything just kind of flows out. So <laughs> be completely honest with me. 
because I'll know too. <laughs> like when you write, do you write a vomit draft? It might take like one or two days, maybe a week or so. And then do you go back and, and like yeah. rewrite it or like what's your process like for writing, man? Yeah, my vomit drafts are 70 pages usually. Um, yeah. I usually, I, and those are usually one day drafts. Um, they are, they are, I sit down, I finally have a day off and I vomit that draft out. And then from there, it's just weeks of rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. And uh, um, it's weird how you ask that because you're asking like if I outline and those types of things because for me no I don't take notes I draw a lot I draw a lot of things in order to to get the visual in my head but besides I don't take any like structural notes but I know the complete structure I know every bullet point of the story before I sit down and write it inside my head besides a few things that pop up here and there and you know because characters become characters and they start doing what whatever the hell they want to do and you have no control over it um but uh beyond that no really i i i i don't take a whole lot of structural notes but i somehow it's like i do it's like they're in my head but they're not written down and if you know i usually uh subscribe to that belief that if you you know if you don't remember something then there's probably a reason for it you know <laughs> like it's probably not worth putting it into the script so yeah dude that's that's awesome i love that answer because i i have <laughs> i have every issue of save the cat at my desk i've read mm -hmm. all of them once but okay. like you said if the if the idea doesn't stick with you that bullet point doesn't stick with you you don't need it for the story right. so I, yeah i love that and approach to it man and for me too, like, um, I, I like to, you know, I, I've read the Save the Cats and the, and the scripts or the screenplays and the, and, um, you know, all of, all of the, all the, all the books when, when I was in college, cause of course they were assigned to us and, and, um, I don't really, um, pay it, you know, I, 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 I have stopped kind of paying attention to like the, the three act structure as much. I, I, uh, I like finding weird structures in other movies um like for this one honestly uh <laughs> it's kind of my own uh subversion of the structure of the shining because the shining i love the structure of the shining and I, I i come back to it quite often because it's um it's how the the title cards go from the interview to a month later to um to a one month later to like tuesday to thursday and it goes through days and then it starts going into times and i i love it because it's like it's like you have no idea what tuesday how long they've been there they're losing track of time it's it and it and it's getting more intense because those times are getting quicker and faster and faster with safe house um i wanted to find a way to um make it feel like the same way that they're losing track of time um, I remember personally when I was, you know, laid off and waiting to, you know, have another job and just sitting around and couldn't write, which I always figured if I had all the time in the world that I would just write so many scripts. But the moment I got laid off, the moment I was sitting at home collecting unemployment, I had nothing. I was just an <laughs> empty blank slate. And I just know that like, I, my plan was to, to, you know, at 28 days later, I'm going to, I'm going to make a post about 28 days later. But I, I, as soon as like, like two weeks were gone, I'm like, I have no idea how many days 
this has been and that's kind of how that I tried to put that structure into into the movie like they're losing track of time you know they have no idea how long they've been here <laughs> so and, and it came off wonderful so <laughs> from the okay. inception of safe house in your brain through filming and putting it all together has it basically taken you to this moment or like how quickly do you feel like you were able to put it all together it was very quick so um uh i think around the time that tyler and i started like talking to each other on insta instagram a long time ago uh i had had been working on a feature film that uh kind of fell apart because of the pandemic and uh it was supposed to film in march of all months of 2020 was march and so we we did get a couple weekends done and then um you know everything kind of fell apart and so you know um i stuck to that one i'm like i'm gonna keep making this one i'm gonna keep making this one and then um to tyler that uh, since he has got a chance to see the movie at this point he's gonna kind of laugh at this part but we were supposed to film in december and i got home from work and I left my boots on the stairs and I was carrying a box of movie memorabilia down the stairs and I stepped on my boot. I fell oh, backwards no. and I whacked my head really, really hard. Oh, dude. And um, <laughs> so I had a really bad concussion. I spent a couple of days in the hospital and I was out of work. I was off my job for like two or three weeks and, um, you know, eventually started getting better. But for a while, I couldn't even get out of bed without throwing up. I was literally one of the characters in safe house. Um, and so this was December. And then one of those days I wrote the script just, and one day I just wrote the script off the idea that I had had at some point in hitting my head. And so in January I had the script and then, um, uh, put the whole thing together. I, I, I edited it a few times before, um, for about mid-February by then we were doing full pre-production and then in April um we did the my two weeks off of work 12 days shooting done and then uh the film was completed editing by July so it was very quick it was a very quick timeline <laughs> so <laughs> it feels like forever but it was very quick <laughs> yeah that's super fast yeah. that's insane yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we work fast yeah we really do and I, I have an incredible crew behind me you know and it was you know it was a small cast it was easy to find um you know the roles I didn't have figured out when I wrote it um and uh it it was it was it was it was easy to put together despite the fact it was also very hard to put together but it was not that bad you know so how do you source um your like locations and and like especially in that kind of time frame like what do you do you have people you go to or do you just kind of use what you've got well, um, so for this one, um, it's very, very low budget. Like, I, like I said, you know, it's like what, what we, what we came off of what we made from, from, you know, making our, um, uh, from, from me working. And, and then there was a, um, some other money that came in, just not very much. And, um, so for locations, I wrote it to budget and, um, actually I had this idea for a long time of blending the slasher genre and a heist genre. And I, I could never figure out exactly how to do it. And every time I'd write it, you know, it's warehouses and there was a, the opening scene was a hotel break in heist thing. And 
um, I was watching, uh, I had, I have YouTube on and it was one of those, um, you know, uh, film interviews where somebody, you know, constantly says like, you can't do it, <laughs> you know, like those people. And, uh, this guy is like, stop making films that just take place inside your house because they're boring and no one wants to see that. So I was like, okay. So I wrote the entire thing around the apartment I was living in. And, um, so it, that, that location was very easy to get, um, then uh you know it was there's just a couple other places i wrote like a lot of outdoor locations that were pretty easy to find um uh there's two other houses in the movie you know just find people who have houses um and uh then there's a restaurant and the restaurant was the hardest one to get but we, we were able to get that um just by talking to local businesses and somebody was down to make it happen so um beyond that i mean it was really there was a there was a uh, uh, a hemp farm um, up in uh, near Greeley that let us film there and that was uh, really easy because um, I have just pulled off onto random dirt roads and filmed before and that's never worked very well because people keep driving by and they want you get get the hell off the road you know um, but so being able to film somewhere out in the middle of nowhere that no one was going to show up to was was really perfect so i mean we really just write for that I, I really just kind of write to figure out what can i do what is easy to find um which is you know as more money has come comes involved it, it it makes it confusing for me as writing like oh do i need to be trying to figure out a place for this as i'm writing or do i <laughs> or am i going to be able to afford finding a place so yeah smart and there's a lot of, uh, you know, just even the first like couple minutes of watching it, because <laughs> I think of it as like a production standpoint mm -hmm. at certain points from like, okay, what was it like prepping for this? And there is a, I won't spoil what the scene was, but there's, you know, somebody being taken hostage, yeah, you know, yeah. at night in a neighborhood and there's guns and people in masks. So what was your prep like to make sure the neighborhood didn't call the SWAT and oh. like local law enforcement on you? <laughs> first of all <laughs> um so all all of our guns are prop uh, airsoft guns that we cut the orange tips off and those types of things so so um but you know the orange tips aren't there so like if somebody wears a roll up they would be uh, a bit concerned so uh the that that's the first part of that and then the second part um I, 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 uh, I have a, a old college roommate who studied criminal justice, has all that, all that study. Um, on, and he was our, 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 so he taught them how to carry everything, make it look really official and those types of things. So that, that was the start with that. His name's DJ. He plays one of the, the cops in the, in the raid scene of the house. And then, uh, so the cops did get called that night actually. Um, and they did show up and, um, <laughs> I don't know if I should be uh, uh, giving this away, but I still carry my uh, student ID. And I said, we were making a short film or a short film nice. for a class. <laughs> yes. And then they just left. And, and I mean, honestly, we're, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I mean, we're on somebody's house property that's allowing us to film there. And uh, no one seems, you know, like the, whoever called the cops obviously cared, but you know, like the people that own the property, they didn't care. Um, and so I, I, I don't think we could have actually gotten in trouble for it. I just, I just go ahead and pull the student card out and say that we're still making a student film and they just drive away. So <laughs> that's 
That's nice. You carry it for that reason. <laughs> I love that, that that will always work. Like, I'm sure you've seen interviews with yeah. directors who will do that to this day. Like, hey, get the PA to flash their student ID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it will. And it, it, it totally does. And I mean, and I, and I work with not only that, but I mean, uh, you know, we like I said, are very low budget and we, we work with a lot. I work with a lot of people who are young and wanting to make their own films. And uh, I try to encourage them to do that the way that I do it and stuff. And um, part of that is they come and help BPAs on my film as well. And, you know, and, um, and uh, so, you know, I always have somebody that has a student card on, on set. That can use it, so. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what is your um, opinion on, like, especially because I'm just thinking that like, iPhone 13 just came out and like some of the commercials Apple has had is like, you can, you know, you could film all these things and it's this quality mm-hmm. and whatever. And like, you know, you just said you work with young people trying to make yeah, films. Yeah. Like, what is your thought as a filmmaker about filming on a phone versus using equipment and you know and and what are the differences and benefits? well I mean like I said I started on a cell phone um yeah. and I mean I, I don't remember if it was a cell phone or iPhone I remember if iPhone was out then but I just remember that it, it was or might have been iPad I don't remember I just remember it had the i i app iPhone iMovie app and you could like you could uh make those trailers those automatic trailers oh yeah (laughs) and so like before i would show the movie in class i would show those automatic trailers before the movie (laughs) so like i show the trailer for the movie before the movie um but uh i mean i i my 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 opinion is like especially if you want to start film anything you can make as much as you can um i had somebody you know um text me last night saying they wanted to make a movie and it's like write it down and make it you know you have you have all that's the great thing about today is you have all of the resources that you can and uh it you know <clears throat> i really i don't i mean i've i've gotten the uh, uh different advices on this back and forth on whether or not i should be doing this but i really took scorsese to heart when he said ignore the industry just do your own thing just make your own movies and i mean really that's the way it should be i think we just i i really do believe you know movies are one way now you know they're they're coming out they're massive you know and uh they're made very a very particular way especially from hollywood but films are under 100 years old i mean i mean they just over 100 years old now and it's one of the early you know it's one of the newest art forms and it's going to it's going to continue to evolve and change and with you know the Palma said that the time that they were making the movies in the 70s that could you know that were all uh they, they were very rebellious and very against the producers he said that time would never come again but i mean technology allows for us to have that time i mean he's thinking of time when we have camera film like we have to buy all that that's not true anymore and okay a lot of my hero filmmakers say that you know that's not real cinema what you know things are changing and that's the way it is and i i really do believe make films however however you can because the more you make the better you get that's just the way it is and um 
you know, up in Fort Collins, down in Denver, everywhere I've gone, I've found people who are making films everywhere. And uh, so with that in mind, you know, you can also get on to sets, you know, people are looking for help, you know, it might not be fully paid or, you know, but they might give you a piece of pizza, but, you know, you get to see the way that they do it. And um, the more you make, the more equipment you're going to get. And that's kind of the way we are, you know, the more we make, the more equipment we get, the better our cameras get. We've gone from, I've gone from cell phones to DSLRs to 4K cameras to now with this one, a 6K camera. And I hope next one's the better camera. That's the way, you know, that's the evolution it's going to be. But I do think that, you know, make anything you can, however you can. Which is an interesting way to bring up what I wanted to ask you, which is, you know, you're, you're doing all this with your crew and we actually just talked about it in the last episode is Colorado is definitely an untapped source mm-hmm. of, of film. Of course, we don't have any tax incentives, so that kind of boots us out. But yeah, like, do you see yourself making films here um, and maybe, you know, a couple other places, but having your, your HQ here? Like, what's, what's your, your end game for it? So I don't know much about it, but I do know I've heard things are starting to change with that um i i went to um i can't remember who who it was but like you know there's obviously hollywood and then there's albuquerque and then there's atlanta you know like but uh i i heard somebody say once that we were that colorado was kind of being looked like at this like kind of like outlaw west of making films right now because they just do whatever the heck they want and i'm really i really do think there i know a lot of filmmakers that just make whatever the heck they want they don't you know and they just they do it very running gun like i do and um you know they're getting success with it and uh they don't have any tax incentives they're doing it you know i'm doing it out out all out of pocket i probably really should like I really should like get on um, figuring out how to like claim all that stuff and do all that. But, <laughs> um, but uh, really, uh, uh, I do think that there is an opportunity for here for Colorado. There's the, um, the Horsetooth International Film Festival that um, I, 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 I showed one of my films at um, two years ago. And uh, I produced a film from a young filmmaker named Garrett Brady, who's working on a sci-fi right now. It's going to be crazy that uh, he also helped me with my film. Um, he, uh, but they, they push a lot of Colorado film stuff. There's uh, filmmaker meetings all around here, filmmaker meetups. There's one um, in uh, uh, Fort Collins every like first Monday where a bunch of filmmakers meet up and uh, I met people by, you know, going to the Colorado Festival of Horror and I met, you know, and there, there, there's a lot of great festivals here and things like that. Um, I see a future, I would like a future where Hollywood is no longer the end all be all of making films. And I, I, I know that like technically they're not anymore. There's Albuquerque and there's Atlanta, but you know, they all kind of go through the same studios and stuff. Um, I would love for just these because like i said i I like going to gorehounds and studying films from different countries and i'd love to see just like film to be such a a a massive art form that you can see you you can go to any city and you can watch films that belong there and like like they are um like a foreign film market you know they have every 
I'd love for Colorado to have its own movie stars. Um, I, I really do believe that some of the people I worked with in this movie have the ability to do that, you know, its own movie stars, its own rock star directors, its own production companies, you know, like I, I, I would love to see that happen in a lot of places and that, and, uh, it's possible, you know, like, you know, I, I mean, like every time I go to things, you know, people are making films that you're not going to see in the you know cinemark or the or the amc but there's they 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 hold so much weight and they mean so much and uh um, i do believe that's possible hopefully one day we're all crossing fingers right (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that means we all get to work on movies right and it means that we can all 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 make something you know because it um like I've talked about, I, I worked at a lot of jobs where you wake up in the morning and just hate your life. But like with this, with, with safe house, I worked, we worked till 2am then drove back home and then got up at 430 and drove to the dock to go film another scene, you know, and like you wake up like right off the pillow, like I'm so happy. It's like the best thing in the whole world. And it's, it really is. So, I mean, I really hope that I really hope that that's the truth that we're able one day to just anybody make a film. <laughs> so, yeah, me too. Buddy. <laughs> I also feel like it'll it would that would allow for the focuses to be on the films versus the personalities in the films, yeah. and the yeah, there's less um, attention put on these people who, you know, are just kind of doing a job, but for whatever yeah. reason everyone gets obsessed with them and well yeah and, well and i and i don't i don't mean to 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 bash on a lot of them either because i i do i mean i i am a obviously like i'm a big batman fan so if batman's in there i'm gonna go watch the movie and the new one looks mm-hmm. insanely incredible but like at the same time there's something about today's film market that kind of um it's just it it it's very rare that I go to the theater and I and I don't know what's going to happen you know and that's why I like watching things that are so so different and I and um um I like watching you know these Italian giallo horror films and these you know Australian exploitation films and these you know just these everything that are just so weird and out there because they're they're risky and you know true uh it, there's true that you know in today's in today's world that you know they they would get a lot of hate and they're older so they they, they don't you know get the, the same but they take risks and they're not afraid to be you know what the story is and um um i i, I hope that that's the way that things are going i mean if not i i don't know if i have much of a future in film because I, I I can't help but and especially with some of the stuff I've had been writing I felt like safe house was a little too tame for me like I, I might have held back just a little bit too much and I I want to I want to do weird stuff I want to do things that you haven't seen before like you know even more even story-wise and technically like I like to do things like the aspect ratios and the and the and the color changes and the and the and the weird technical stuff and just really play with the form and uh you don't get a lot of that either in um in today's mainstream film so no no you don't and do you have uh we've kind of like 
talked about it here and there through comments on on instagram but like is there a filmmaker you look at today who may be in the mainstream that is still trying to hang on to like the weird and the vastness of being able to make like really great films do you have somebody in mind or do you think that that person's still coming i do i still have a i do still have a lot of people that i that i that i thoroughly enjoy you know um i uh i um I will always be a stand for Edgar Wright just because there's just something about, and I, last night in Soho was, um, it's not getting a whole lot of love. And I, and I understand that. I think that the film is a, a, a beautiful allegory for metaphor for, for his experience as a filmmaker. Um, I think it's about, uh, this, this guy, um, cause like he made a lot of, feature films before you know he even went to college and um i made him in college and got a lot of hate so i can't imagine what that was like um so you know like there's a line in that movie where uh somebody because she's going to school for fashion design and she's like oh she showed up on the first day with her freshly designed clothes and that's when i knew that this was what that was about and it's a story about you know it's about character creation it's an it's about like when you create a character and you fall in love with that character and that character still has to go through hell because that's the kind of story you're writing I feel I, I understood exactly what that was about so I, I I think that movie you know and that one actually took a lot of inspiration from Argento and uh, Giallo films from Italian um then uh um you know um I'm oddly not a big A24 fan. I go watch them all, but I, I feel like people expect me to. I, I do love the Safdie <laughs> brothers. I love uh, Good Time and Uncut Gems. Um, yeah. I think those movies were awesome. I do like a lot of them, but I, like at the same time, like I, I don't know. Sometimes they're not not great for me. I heard a lot of people hating on uh, uh, The Last Duel, that uh, oh, new yeah. Matt Damon and uh, the Ridley Scott movie. And they hate on it because it, it depicts sexual assault. Um, and I, I understand that it just no one had gone and seen it. But that's kind of what I my point of what I was saying earlier is like you some some of the things they used to do in movies you can't get away with now because people get upset before they even see the movie. And I think it's a very powerful story about sexual assault, and especially with the way it was written. And um, like I was talking about earlier, I love structure in film and uh that film was had three writers which was the first time that ben affleck and matt damon have written a script together since goodwill hunting and then a a, a, a a female screenwriter whose name escapes me now that sucks uh but the movie is split up into uh four acts um and it's uh, the first act is Matt Damon's character's perspective. The second act is Adam Driver's character's perspective. And then the third act is the, the woman's perspective, the woman character's perspective. And that is so important, especially when you see how the title cards tell you what that film means, that anyone that's like mad at it because it depicts sexual soul is missing because I, I think, it, I, I really do think it's a very powerful film. Um, uh, and you know just anyone that's willing to push the envelope and not really do what you see every single day um because uh that's what gets me excited that's what that makes makes me happy is if i if i'm in a theater and i don't see what's coming and that last duel movie that ending um i was yeah. on the edge I, I had no idea what was going to happen and so i i really enjoy that type of stuff so 
Steph, have you seen The Last Duel? Not yet. Oh man, yeah, it's it's I I I it's definitely a rough, it's a rough watch for those mm-hmm. scenes specifically. Exactly. But yeah, the narrative of it is, especially her story, like, holy shit! <laughs> like, yeah, it, and that when it transfers to her story, my favorite moment in the whole movie is how that title card fades out. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil for it for anybody, but the way that title, I love title cards. Title cards are so important to me in every movie. <laughs> and uh, I, I just love that title card so much. It's, it's, it's really, really brilliant, I think. Um, uh, and I don't get a free pass on that, you know, because, you know, I've gotten some, I've gotten some notes on my uh, garage scene in Safe House, um, you know. Mm. And uh, so I, I get it and I, um, I understand um but you know i feel sometimes when you're watching a movie and that and those types of scenes strike so hard it's because there's probably a good chance that the person who's making it whether it be straightforward allegorical whatever which way it's it's something personal to them and that's why it strikes you so hard is because they are telling you some way somehow their truth which goes back to what i was saying about last night so um for uh a film illiterate person um who you know goes to see marvel movies and the general you know no and i'm not saying it's a bad thing but like that's all they get to see Mm -hmm. because like big part of hollywood is not just the production value but the marketing right and and so how do you, or where would you suggest that somebody go to see more indie films or to find them and that kind of stuff? Because it is more of a work. It is difficult. It's, it's work. Yeah. It's difficult. Um, you know, if you're in Colorado, if you're in and around Fort Collins, I really highly do suggest going to Gorehounds Playground. He doesn't um, pay me to say things like that, but I, mean, <laughs> I, I say it pretty much everywhere I go. Because it really is, it's, I don't know about you guys, but I grew up with a, a, a video store in my hometown, like a small one, and I got to go to that all the time. And it, it when I walked into this place, it warmed my heart because I hadn't seen anything like this in a long time, you know, like just shelves of DVDs. And, uh, you know, physical from physical copies for me is, is a big way to go. I mean, if you can get your hands on something um, different, you know, that's that's the best way to do it. I have a lot of movies that are uh, 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. And, you know, that's the big thing, too. If you see that and you think, oh, I'm not going to watch it because it's got 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. There's, every film has some kind of value, something that you can get out of it. Some, you know, some people put their you know whole lives on the line for it, in my opinion, and every time you make something. And so... Um, you know, that definitely, that definitely helps to just not, I know a lot of people that just ignore things because of that, you know, and I've seen movies that I, I love that get, you know, a lot of hate for that, you know, but, uh, and, you know, I say physical, co- but having streaming services really does help. I, uh, I really, I really love Shudder. Uh, Shudder is a great place because it's got a lot of stuff that's not um, typical, Um and, you know, for, for me, it's like if I find a genre I like, I, I do the whole dive all the way through. So if you have something you like, just dive all the way through, find things that, you know, 
everyone somebody has put a twist on that genre that you haven't seen before that either got a lot of love or didn't get a lot of love and that's that's one of the great things about it you can find it you can find something like that yeah that's and Steph like she has I'm mean, as far as from what I've seen you have a very like wide array of films you will watch I think that the most you won't oh, do yeah. is like hardcore horror right oh like, yeah no, <laughs> no. <laughs> thriller yes yeah, suspense yes super horror uh I'm good because I will have nightmares <laughs> yes yeah, so that's totally fair and um I I uh I really find that interesting because uh, with people you know like my mom can't get through some of my stuff because of that you know and she gets nightmares and I have family members that can't because you know the nightmares and um my mom my mom actually she she did watch this one and she said uh she was more scared of the script than she was of the movie so I don't know if that's like a knock on me or <laughs> or not but um but uh uh I I find that interesting because like the scary stuff helps me with nightmares I don't know why it's like I it's kind of like I face them like but before I have to go to sleep you know and um uh, I don't know I I I find that interesting because you know I'm we we, me and you are polar opposites yeah (laughs) it's well and it's like you know I can I can watch documentaries about serial killers and like real life (laughs) horror and Mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff but I think I think when, especially now that CGI and all, all these other things have gotten so good where, where monsters can be so realistic and creepy, like in her head, uh, meta, meta, not metamorphosis, that's not right. It was on, I don't know, it was a few months ago and you and Patrice both were like, it wasn't scary, it was just fucking weird. Oh yeah, malignant um, you know what I'm about, was Tyler? awesome. Malignant, thank you. <laughs> malignant, um, and uh, but like, just like weird body movements and stuff. Like it, it gets in my head, and then it morphs in the nightmare. It's not like I'm having a nightmare about the movie. It's like the things in the night in the movie turn into something, and it just yeah. Well, maybe you should make horror movies then, because then <laughs> <laughs> you can make them scarier. <laughs> Yeah, watch right. a horror movie then make them make the version that Ugh. came to life in your dreams um oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh you said something that had me on a train of thought and i lost what it was but <laughs> um right was it the cgi coming to life bit oh like- yeah no totally i think that practical is so much scarier than um than than the cgi these days because the cgi to me just looks fake but like something like like i'm a big fan of george romero's original uh uh uh, zombie trilogy the night of living dead dawn of the dead and day of the dead and the way they tear people's bodies apart in those movies there's just it it feels so real it feels so good (laughs) Uh, it feels so uh it's so scary i don't know it's more practical as way like um uh john carpenter's the thing right this the way those things come out but like have you ever watched the 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 sequel remake the one with the cgi uh, it's not scary it's not yeah. scary at all the, the 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 practical effects make things more scary and i think that's what's fun about what we do is because we get to look at the way old films are made because we don't have cgi and we don't have those things and we can we can uh we can try to do things that way and um 
there and, and I love the creative ways that I can find that people uh, uh, use not having a lot of a big budget. Um, there's this Italian film called uh, uh, Torso, and in the film, there they, there's a killer that kills people and they cuts people's chests open, right? And uh, because they didn't have the money to make the bodies look real, they added this like motif of this doll into the movie. And the stall keeps popping up, but when they and because it connects back to the killer's psyche and all that. But when when they cut the bodies open, they would suddenly look like porcelain dolls, almost like he was seeing it that way. And it like it was it looked kind of bad at first, but when you realize that's what's happening, it makes it just that much more creepy. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can, there's all there's so many different creative ways to that they used to use to make movies that CGI kind of hurts now. Like it, it kind of hurts them because they they you know they don't have that one hand tied behind their back anymore, so they don't have to. Um, like Halloween Kills, it's too brutal. It's way too brutal. It doesn't it doesn't sit in that and that um the elegant nice nope like way carpenter's film originally was because they, they have all the money in the world to just tear people's heads off and do things like that you know and that kind of doesn't work <laughs> for me yeah yeah it, there's a i will say i do have some hope for um Derek C. and France's version of the Wolfman that he's doing with Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. crossing fingers that that's not going to be complete CGI the entire time. Well, and you know, it's like, that's what's so brilliant about, I, I, uh, I am uh, one of the filmmakers I should, I should have brought up um, earlier. And now I, I have, uh, is the guy who did the invisible man. Um, oh yeah. Lee uh, yeah. Lee Cause first of all, upgrade is, an insanely amazing movie <laughs> and then the invisible man is on another level like because it because of its like it didn't have to use cgi and it you know the the invisible man effects are no different than the invisible man effects from the original movie you know Edgar Wright was actually talking about that not too long ago, but they're like every Invisible Man effect is the same effect. But the way he used the camera in that movie, the way he would just sit on an empty spot of a room and just stare at it. And it's like, it's so, it, that's what makes it creepy. And it's not having to rely on those visual effects. And like you said, I really hope that Wolfman movie I really hope it it, it, it it takes something practical for the Wolfman transition. The um, American Werewolf in London transformation uh, is always permanently stuck in my head. And um, <laughs> it's because it's horrifying. It feels painful. And when, uh, you know, trying to think of the last werewolf I saw, but, you know, like even in a, the best Harry Potter movie, right? It's oh, like yeah. not as scary because the werewolf doesn't look remotely real but if oversized they had put, rat right if they had put the lupin guy in yep. like some like practical effects that would yeah. have been terrifying so yeah <laughs> i think the closest we got was the the wolf man with del toro like the effects were great yeah. the store the movie was okay mm -hmm. but the practical effects were top notch i think it, that yeah. was um god who was the rick baker 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, he just he killed it with that. So like please do something like monsterish <laughs> with practical effects in Colorado, I beg of you. Like <laughs> I mean you already have, but well, yeah, I mean that but that was like he was more like a slasher killer character. I one of like I've always wanted like and that's like kind of the point, right? Because I've always wanted to do a monster. I don't know what my monster would be and coming up with a new monster is very, you know difficult because like all the monsters have been created and you're competing against some of the most iconic characters i've ever been um but uh, uh i've always wanted to do a monster because i've seen a lot of pictures of directors directing monsters and right and that's like the ultimate win over your demons right because you create this monster and then you go tell it what to do <laughs> so yeah i would love to be able to do that one day so well, and it was like that with 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 uh, with no one in uh, Safe House. Yeah, so I had a lot of fun with that because I just turned the lights off in the room. And the actor who played him, his name is Ryan Fredericks. He's such a great guy. He's such a nice guy, and he's played a bad guy for me twice. And both times, he's done such a good job that people are like a little bit scared of him in my and at the premieres and stuff. And uh, he, uh, I would tell him like I suit him up, and I just turn off the lights in the kitchen and just say stand here so like an actor would go to the kitchen to get a drink and then they turn around and they see him they jump and be scared <laughs> so i could just have him be wherever i want to he scared people so it was fun <laughs> gee i wonder why <laughs> <laughs> kind of a scary looking dude yeah it, it blows my mind in that scene uh where he's holding the phone he doesn't blink like that's not an effect he doesn't oh, really? blink the entire scene I don't know how he does it. I don't know because, I mean, I can't control whether or not I blink or not. You know, I'm, I try to do a staring contest. I'm, I lose in the first 30 seconds. But in that entire <laughs> thing, he just – and I'm like, how did you do that? <laughs> but And I didn't even know that he did it until I watched the movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, hats off to him, man. I, I am triple checking locks tonight. Uh, <laughs> good, good. still <laughs> he's a very good actor and i was nervous to go to him and be like hey i have this role that i think only you can do <laughs> but you have no lines at all <laughs> you don't get to say anything and he was all on board to do it and he and he, he killed it in my opinion so yeah. i mean with with all of these like fantastic projects you've you've headlined you've been a part of you've created uh, mm -hmm. this is a fun thing we like to ask our guests is if you have a party story you could tell whether it's something like um, typically something that's either gone wrong or just a really memorable experience you've had on set do you have something like that like something you'd share at a party something you share at a party oh man I should have thought about this because I know you ask it <laughs> <laughs> like was I'm not... only too consistent <laughs> um see here party story party story party story uh anything I, just I, wild that's yeah. happened to you while filming um, really well uh i mean a, a couple of ones come to mind uh one is uh the 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 muscle car that for the drug deal and the one scene oh, uh he was just hot rodding around that parking lot when we were trying to film so we just asked him to pull up and do that so that was pretty cool that's uh, fun. Just walk up to a guy and do that but uh what's the craziest thing that's happened because i know 
I'm just drawing a blank and I'm going to be so mad at myself later when I think of something. <laughs> um, uh, so my probably closest collaborator besides my director of photography is, uh, uh, is the lead actress is Jasmine Day. Um, she's a very important person in my life, not just um, um, as somebody I work with, but um, I, this is kind of a party story, but um, this is a story I, I like to tell at parties just because it's, it's, it's so cool. And uh, Jasmine and I have known each other for a very, very long time. Um, we've worked together on, uh, we worked together on the film before this where I met her. She wanted to audition, but she had found us after we had done auditions. And she's like, I want to be involved. And I'm like, I haven't found somebody to do makeup or costumes or anything. She's like, yeah, I'll do that. And then she tells me now afterwards that she went home and did all the research she could because <laughs> she didn't actually know what she was doing. Jasmine for since the moment I've known her, she's told me that she is an actor. She's auditioned in so many different stuff. And she just constantly tells me somebody needs to give me a chance. Somebody just needs to give me a chance. And uh, 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 I am a very guilty corp uh, culprit on this because I consistently, everything I write, everything, every page I write, Jasmine gets before it's even a full script. Like I send her, this is page three that I just wrote a monologue on what do you think of this you know when like um I get you know I I've run through every I talked with her the most more than anybody and I and I never casted her so by the time the script's done I knew how I was casting for uh Madison Madison Card's character of Lee I knew I was going to cast Madison because I had just met her Madison's an incredible person and uh we she she's like I want to work with you I want to work with you and that that really kind of you know I don't know if I should say this, but that really works for me when people are like, I want to work with you, you know, like, yeah, okay, well then you can, you know, come, come to me and I'll, and I'll find something for you and, uh, and uh, find some Jasmine and I were at a birthday party for one of our friends and uh, she had had a couple of drinks in her and she comes up to me and she goes, I'm Joe. And she like puts her finger in my chest. She's like, I am Joe. She didn't tell me I want the role. She didn't tell me that I would like to play. She said, I am this character. And uh, the reason why I tell this story at parties is because she's usually there. And I usually get to say like, and she didn't, no one gave her the chance that she, she said that someone needs to give her. She gave that chance to herself and ran away with it absolutely ran away with it she's um i think she steals the whole movie in my opinion and um i i don't know i just like telling that story because i think it's really cool i just think it's really cool how she did that because yeah yeah she did she stole the movie in my opinion so <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's some that's meryl story stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> so, so she's oh, incredible God. she's gonna be in i i I, I every time I get some kind of notes it's there's something about her um so I know she's going to be in a lot of great stuff coming up so she uh yeah she's she's awesome so <laughs> yeah. I love that story thanks man <laughs> it's a it's a good uh segue into our other one question we always ask uh, because it's very inspirational um, but what is a piece of advice that you would give to young filmmakers or, 
just anybody who's kind of pursuing a similar path that you're you're on well uh i i mean i'm the weird person to ask that question to because i'm the one who ignores all the you know i've been told multiple times you know like there's a very particular way to do this there's a very particular way to become a writer director you make xyz amount of short films until uh, xyz person gives you x amount of money to make your first feature and then you use that feature to make the next feature and make the next feature and instead i have completely ignored that advice and done whatever the hell i've wanted for the past uh multiple uh since 2018 i've made been making features so um and i technically i'm getting a little bit more success now i have uh you know a couple of festival that festival coming up and i've got some um, some stuff that's starting to happen but you know i'm technically haven't done anything that i can like tell somebody yeah this is how you become as successful as i am um <laughs> but uh, uh i mean really that's the thing i i really feel like following your own compass is the is the way to go i mean if, if you know this is the right thing to do then do that thing if you know that you need to make this many short films and then make this feature film if you feel like you've made one short film I, I i wouldn't suggest going straight in the feature however but you know if that's what you feel like doing i guess that's what you feel like doing follow your own compass because it's it's probably not going to tell you the wrong way to go um you you can make mistakes and you will make mistakes i've made plenty of mistakes i've invited the wrong people on the set and they've made things very difficult for me and uh you know and i've um i've had to i've had to live with some of those mistakes and I've lost, you know, friends over this. I've lost, I mean, you know, but at the end of the day, if this is what you love to do, you got to follow your own compass because if you don't, you're just going to end up being miserable and not getting anything done because you're not going to be excited about it and you're not going to want to do it. So, yeah, that's the way I think. That's the way I see it. Without a shirt, dude. <laughs> Follow your own compass. <laughs> yeah, that could work. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a good shirt. So, uh, I mean, this this kind of goes without saying, but like, uh, is there anything you want us to promote for this episode? Wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so Safe House sixteen eighteen is the film that we just finished. Uh, Safe House sixteen eighteen uh, will be playing for two weeks, streaming at the another San Francisco's another Hole in the Head Film Festival. So that's uh, another Hole in the Head is a h i t h dot com. Um, you can get tickets there if you follow me on like social media or whatever i'm posting about it 24 7 trying to get people to watch um but yeah you can watch it for two straight weeks at your convenience at your house wherever you want to watch it um and uh there there's uh, audience awards so if you go in there and vote for us that would be spectacular um mm -hmm. there's a, a another colorado short film that's involved there too uh directed by ben hess he's a good friend of mine uh he's a really great guy it's called uh symptoms may include shortness of breath um that that one's um playing there too uh so for some, from december 1st to december 15th another hole in the head film festival and uh yeah it's it's hopefully gonna go well 
And we should be having more Colorado screenings coming up. I'm in talks with some of those. I unfortunately can't give any details for that today, but uh, you know, and uh, beyond that, just safe house 16, 18, anything that, all of that. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, once you have the, the deeds for those other screenings, we'd love to, you know, help push them out on our social media too, yeah. on all of our pages. Absolutely. Cause you know, Colorado's filled with film fans. So we want to get those seats yeah. packed for you. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, Colorado's filled with film fans and, and I'm, I'm, I've met so many film people around here. I, I'm, I'm just always shocked about how many people make films in Colorado. It's incredible. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Go to, go to any bar, ask the bartender. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Oh, yeah. well, the movie theater I worked at was, a was a, had a bar in it and it was fun because mm. I, I got to come up with like the, um, like the cocktails that were movie themed drinks. Like I had a, a Mountain Dew a margarita called Napalm in the morning. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, uh, but yeah, people come to the bar and I, and, you know, after about 10 minutes of talking to them, I'd be like, yeah, well, I make movies, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So, yeah, you can find them anywhere. So. Oh, yeah, man. And dude, this was like, this was awesome having you on. I, I know we've like, had a lot we've talked fun. about it here and there. And I'm just glad we finally got to, you know, sit down yeah. and chat. And I'm hoping like we can do this a year from now. And we're talking about your next movie, your next two movies. <laughs> I'm working on stuff. I'm writing. Writing is usually the easiest part for me. But right now it feels like pulling teeth. So we'll see where we're at. <laughs> so, you need yeah. a little napalm in the morning. And uh, I need just some napalm in the morning. That's what I need. Yep. TM for a trademark that. <laughs> no, but yeah. Well, dude, like well, this—it's been a blast. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's been so much fun. So much fun. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into our spiel before we go into the fun, you know, awkward goodbye segment. I'm sure you've listened to a couple of times. So I'm gonna yep. <laughs> I'm gonna let Steph go for the the important stuff that we have to all right to, to blurt out. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> listeners, you're the best. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, this episode. Um, please continue to rate, review, like, and subscribe us on all podcast platforms. Um, share us with your friends and family. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PWRP Podcast. Uh, we have a Patreon if you'd like to uh, donate some funds to us. Also, um, if you need an incentive to be kind and give us a nice review, uh, we're happy to send you a free sticker um, if you just let us know where you reviewed us. Otherwise, Tyler. Yes, and if you would like to be a part of this fun podcast that we've been doing for over a year, I think this is uh, the second longest relationship I've had, which has been great. Uh, <laughs> uh, please send us an email at pwrp.pod at gmail.com and we'll get back to you uh, probably within the week because Steph is managing a stage and I'm doing God knows what most of the days so uh, we'd love to have you on we want to talk to as many people as possible and yeah uh, outside of that Calvin do you remember uh, the awkward goodbye have you have you listened to, to the end of the episode for that I have but it's been a while so, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna give you a countdown, Wayne's World style, silently, and then when I point, just give us the most awkward, like verbal goodbye you could give or you could think of. Okay. <laughs> you ready? All right. Uh, you got okay. it. <laughs> and.
goodbye forever. Bye. <laughs>